welcome, 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 welcome to this episode of the Zest Wellness Podcast. And before we jump into this podcast episode, have you enrolled in the Zest Wellness platform yet? You can do so by visiting joinzestwellness.com. At the end of this episode, we will also reveal what the bonus code is, because when you go to our website, zestwellnesscgi.com, you go to the tab for webinars and podcasts you put in the secret code you will get 500 points towards your zest wellness account for this quarter on this episode of the podcast our bahamas wellness team members donovan ingram and Val miller sit down with miss alex Klein. Alex is fueled by her passion to go against the stigma that women can't or shouldn't lift heavy weights. Alex is certified by the National Academy of Sports Medicine as a personal trainer with a specialization in corrective exercise. On this podcast, she covers the topics of movement, stretching, recovery, And she reveals her personal exercise and movement philosophies, including focusing on what your body can do versus punishment and avoiding a one-size-fits-all approach that neglects the unique context of each individual and their wellness journey. That said, here's our podcast episode with Donovan Naval. And Alex. All right. So we have the beautiful Miss Alex Pillane joining us today. Uh, hi, on our hi. Podcast topic. Thank you, Alex, for joining us. It's a pleasure. All right. So we have an interesting topic to discuss today. Um, our topic is: Are you moving correctly? Right. So, yeah. Alex, my first question for you in regards to this topic is: How do you know that you are not moving a lot? You know, you might, I, I initially looked at this question and I was like, hmm, <laughs> it would almost seem self-explanatory, but thinking about it from just an average person's mindset, I was like, you know, you might not realize that you're not moving at all. So, you know, whoever may be listening to this podcast right now, the easiest way to tell if you have, if you, that you are not moving a lot is have you gotten up in the last hour? When last did you go to the bathroom just to walk, if anything? When last did you get up to go get some water? When last have you looked at the window outside? If you have not done any of those things in the last hour, you're not moving enough. And it's really that simple to me. Yeah, I think that's, I think that's straightforward, Alex. Alex is just Donovan uh, <laughs> joining the podcast. Uh, gotcha. I think that makes so much sense. But for us, as well as members, though, Quite a number of them were fitness tracking devices. Um, mm. What suggestion do you have for them to get their 10,000 steps on a daily basis? 
Now, you did mention getting up and going to get the water, but yeah. how often should they how often should they be um, uh, referencing their step counts and then in sync trying to determine are they active enough on a daily well, basis? I'm glad that you asked that because I actually wear a fitness tracker on my day-to-day -day basis. I don't know if it would be the same as you guys, but mine actually... Is it a Mac Buzz? No, mine is... I have an Apple Watch. Okay, we'll, we'll um, let you pass on that one. That's that's applicable. <laughs> <laughs> you can feel free to send one my way, Donovan. <laughs> oh, I got you, Alex. <laughs> but um, mine has setting where notification to say, hey, it's time to stand up a little bit. And um, I will try to make sure that I just get up and do it. It asks you to do a minute of walking. And something I guess I can suggest to anybody else who may not have a fitness tracker with an alarm to make sure that you are moving enough. Just to get you started for like a week or two, set a reminder or, or an alarm on your phone every hour, hour and 15 minutes for it to ring off. When the alarm rings, get up, go take a lap around your office, take a lap around the building and go and sit back down. And that will actually, believe it or not, it would help you more than you think towards your 10,000 steps a day. Yeah, that's actually that's actually quite helpful, Alex. I think that's um, useful for a lot of us as members to, and it's, to actually and it's good. easily implement. It's good even from beyond the standpoint of just getting up and walking around because especially if you're sitting at a computer all day, your eyes are going to get used to looking at that same distance the whole time. So if you get up from your desk and have a chance to walk around, it's also not just good for movement in general, but release tension in your shoulders, give your eyes a chance to um, reduce some eye strain you may be feeling in your eyes, um, take a minute to take a deep breath. That even has yeah. like benefits from a mental standpoint. Yeah, mindfulness is very important, and that's definitely a good idea. In fact, exactly. I use my alarms on a personal note. I use my alarms at eleven and one as a reminder to me to yep. to average myself to to determine am I getting sufficient amount of water. So my first alarm goes at eleven, and that's where I'm supposed to be drinking my fourth cup of water by that point. Yeah. And then again at one to indicate that I should be on my sixth glass of water by that point. I, I keep a gallon at my desk. <laughs> I have no shame. I keep the whole gallon on my desk. <laughs> so I don't have Don any excuses. Donovan's 11 a.m. alarm has, I have a, a, a mental alarm now at 11 a.m. Because I always say his max buzz buzzing off at 11 a.m. And yeah. now I know why. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> Mentally, 11 a.m. I think, and I have something to do at 11 a.m. because now I always end this alarm. So I've alerted both myself and Donovan. the mom now. <laughs> Positive effects on the people around you. <laughs> uh, it does, it does. All right, Alex. Uh, what are some signs that you may have the incorrect form when exercising? This one may seem a little trickier, but at the same time, I don't think it is. When you're new to exercise, it can be kind of difficult to determine what what feels like pain versus what feels like muscular fatigue but mm. a few tips for people who may be just i sometimes like if you're working on group exercise especially if it's a large group the instructor may not necessarily be able to make sure that every single person has perfect form or in the instance if you are trying to work out on your own um some easy ways to tell if you're using wrong form is do you have pain around your joints if that's the case, I would advise anybody to stop. Um, pain in the joint or directly around the joint is a sign that something is wrong and that you need to take a second and reevaluate. 
beyond that, from a postural perspective, when you are working out, generally speaking, you should always try to make sure that you keep a neutral spine. So meaning mm. don't round your shoulders, don't hunch over when you're doing exercises, make sure that you keep a nice tall chest. And then if we're going to talk specifically in the reference of squats, you don't want to see like your knees caving in, not just for squats, but for most leg exercises, you don't want your knees to point inwards. Same thing with your toes, same, same thing with your feet. If you notice anything is flattening or rolling out in a direction that it shouldn't be, because some people's feet cave in, some people's feet cave out. Those are all signs that you may need to take a second and reevaluate how you are doing the exercise. And Alex, just for those um, listeners um, that, that are tuned in, you know, they do experience some discomfort, may, not, may, may neglect to acknowledge this pain that they're feeling around the joints or any muscle group. Yes. But is, is the pain the first precursor that there is an issue with the weightlifting? Isn't no, there... it's, it's not. And that's why I was trying to stress making sure like the little postural cues, like keeping a neutral spine, making sure your knees don't cave because a lot of the times, the pain will come after you have had bad form for so long. And what if the pain is, is excessive? You change the form and the pain is still there. What then should the individual do? I would advise them. Well, th what I advise my clients in any instance, if, if you feel pain in your joint or any type of sharp feeling anywhere, immediately stop. And in, like I say, because they, I would be their personal trainer, I would tell them to tell me, or if you're somebody who's working out on your own, stop. And if the pain persists, I would advise that you go see a physical therapist. I agree. I agree. With that. Thank you Immediately. Very much. I do not, my clients, they know when it comes to any kind of pain, I would rather you stop and be safe. Because if you continue and you push through pain, oftentimes you make things worse. Because sometimes you feel something, it might just be a little pull. But if you push yourself through it, you're going to turn that pull into a strain or a sprain. And that's going to increase your injury and recovery time. Okay. And I, I, I like those answers, Alex. In Thank fact, <laughs> um, I, I, I'm also wondering, because, you know, one of the best ways to avoid discomfort or injury is to stretch yes. for an exercise. Now, yes. For me personally, it gets a little confusing, and I'm sure it gets confusing with some of our listeners. When is it most important to stretch? Is it important to stretch before the exercise, midway through the exercise, or is it best to, to stretch at the end of the exercise? The, the simplest answer to that is that it depends, um, and it depends on a lot of different things, but okay. just to say as a general rule of thumb, you're going to want to make sure that you stretch directly any tight muscles before your workout. So for example, if you sit at a desk all day, more than likely your calves may be tight and your chest may be actually tight. You may not realize it. So you may want to do some direct stretches for whatever muscles are tight before. During the workout, I don't really encourage intraset stretching there are some instances where it's useful but that's normally in a way may way more advanced phase of training so for most people you don't really need to worry about that i would actually discourage it because especially if you're lifting weights you're trying to get maximum contraction of your muscle so if you're stretching in the middle of your sets or after your sets you're kind of being counterproductive because you're stretching what you're trying to contract but then after the workout 
if you feel like you've had a really rough rough one and you just want to um, increase your recovery time, or even if it just makes you feel better, then I would say try to incorporate like more full body stretches that aren't so targeted, just basically to help with blood flow and loosen any tension that you may have experienced during the workout. So I think that's as like I say, as simple as I can make it. I think that's an excellent, excellent explanation, Alex. Yeah, I think that was and, in fact, I have, I have another question that stems from stretching. Go right mind. ahead. And that question is about exercises in general. You know, mm-hmm. we we kind of form so many different types of exercises. You know, yes. we can get comfortable with kickboxing. Some persons prefer weightlifting. Some prefer, prefer cardiovascular exercises. But yes. a lot of us neglect stretching as an exercise on its own. Um, yes. Is it important to, 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 to use one of your exercise days as just a stretching day? I think that would depend entirely on where you are at in your phases of training. So I would most recommend it for people who are just starting out, especially if it's a very intense program that you're starting. Definitely take a day, not even necessarily like a full session, but just taking half an hour to stretch and Um, do some lighter stuff just to keep the blood flow because what happens is when you stretch you are helping to increase the blood flow but say you add that with like a little light walk on the treadmill or even outside it will just help to increase the circulation getting the nutrients to all your muscles and all your ligaments so that everything can recover properly so yes I do would I would recommend that you would take some time especially if you're just starting out to do that but for me personally I like to incorporate a little bit of stretching at the beginning of every single workout for both me and my clients. We just take 10 minutes and that's actually what I make a part of the warm up. And it's not necessarily mm. just stretches that you hold, but what are called dynamic stretches, which involve movement. So what I will do is if I know that we're doing a certain set of movements for the main workout, I'll take them all back a step regress them to dynamic stretches so basically not only are you stretching out your muscles to get ready for the movement that you're doing you're also priming your nervous system to be ready for increased loads on the the workout that you're about to do it's well, body I, and I, mind i tell you alex do you see that loading that's my summer body coming <laughs> 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 exactly, exactly. In regards to Donovan's uh, mention of stretching exercises, for individuals that may be experiencing like back and shoulder pain, uh, these some that stretching exercises can be do at their at their seated workstation, or you think that there are more exercises they can do at their workstation? No, there are definitely some things. So, so for all of the people who are taking our advice and setting the alarm so that they get up regularly to move, you can take one or two of those sessions to take a second and do some stretches to help so you my favorite one is called the cat cow pose and it's really just where you're flexing your upper back so you're you're hunching and then you're flexing back love love cat cow i incorporate that in a lot of my routines you can also do um just the cow pose which is um slightly different where you would have your hands behind your back and you try to see if you can touch both of your hands behind your back. I would like to encourage everybody listening to try and Google these because it's a little bit difficult to explain through audio. Also for the people who may be wearing heels a lot all day, I'd like to encourage you to try and take them off for a second, do a calf stretch, nothing too complicated um, because a lot of the times when you're sitting at your desk, your calves can get tight or even look up like a quad stretch. So like if you're wearing pants, that's something that you can definitely do comfortably at work. Um, because when you sit down, 
all basically all of the muscles on the front of your legs, they all shorten because of the mm -hmm. seated position that you're in. So I would definitely recommend that you try to stretch everything out. 30 seconds is all, might be all you need to make everything feel nice and loose again, at least once a day. Excellent. That's excellent. All right. Um, I, I heard you mention taking off your heel just now. So I'm hopeful that a lot of our listeners as SOS members are considering that and um, doing those stretches that you've mentioned. I've just tried uh, the cat pose you called it just now. Cat cow. The cat cow just now. And I felt my lower back actually uh, working. Did it crack? He's always cracking his lower back. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, sometimes I'll do that one myself. And I'll get a nice good crack. And oh boy, that feels so good. <laughs> it does. So the cat cow movement is that does that stem from yoga? Is that inspired by yoga by yoga move particularly? Yes, it is. I don't know the the proper name for it in yoga, but I have seen it done in some yoga classes that I participate in. Yeah, and then definitely, I guess um, if if an individual was willing to do stretching exercises as their primary form of exercise. I'm guessing you would suggest yoga and Pilates as that form of exercise. Yes, yes, and they are absolutely valid. I I am a strength coach, but I always try to encourage people to find what works for them. Um, just like how you said, some people may prefer weight training, some people may prefer CrossFit, some people may prefer running, some people may prefer yoga. Um, love, love yoga, and you would be surprised at the amount of strength that you can build along with the flexibility that you get from yoga because boy, some of them little pretzely poses, um, they really, they will work you. Yes, they will. <laughs> so don't count yoga out, guys. Good stuff. Good stuff, Alex. Um, is wearing the proper shoes important when exercising? I know you mentioned just oh, now yes. doing certain exercises that your knees uh, tend to cave in. And I experienced that the first time I started um, doing weight, weight training a few years back. I yes. could not squat properly for the life of me. And then I found I that all along I turned the wrong shoes. Feet. I squat barefoot whenever I squat. I look very strange. I leave my socks on. Um, but because it make it helps to have more contact with the ground. But with regards to the shoes, what a lot of people don't know is that no none of the athletic shoes, they're not made equal. There are shoes specifically for running, there are shoes specifically for cross training. And there are shoes specifically for weightlifting, believe it or not. So yeah. easiest way to tell if your shoes are going to match the type of activity that you are trying to do. If you're running, you're going to want to look for a shoe with a cushier heel because you want it to help absorb the impact when you run. However, if you're weightlifting, I recommend you try to get a shoe with a very flat, hard sole because the, the cushion, while it may be good for running, if you try to do, uh, let's say, a single leg exercise like a lunge and you have your foot on this squishy foam pad, your ankle is going to go all over the place and it's going to make it difficult for you to maintain your balance when you're exercising. So for a lot of my clients, if they come in and they're wearing cushy shoes and, for example, I know that we're going to be squatting that day, I would re I recommend that they put a yoga mat on the ground, leave their socks on and squat on that and they will see immediate improvements in their ability to balance so for anybody who may be listening and they're having those problems in the gym where no matter what they do for some reason they can't seem to stay, stay stable when they're running and i'm um, not running lunging and stuff like that um try changing your shoes and see what a difference it'll make 
And, I, and I'm guessing that the um, the bare feet when doing the squats is because you want to allow the ball, the ball of the foot, the heel of the foot to be planted. And then also for that individual, spread those toes wide to give them a exactly. bit of pressing off those. The, of the, the of main the cue that I'll give people when squatting is to not just keep all of the pressure evenly distributed through your foot, but how you said spread your toes, Donovan, you actually mm -hmm. want to kind of like imagine that you're digging into the ground with your toe and that helps maintain tension in the foot and gives you a really, really solid base for the squat. And it also helps to target other muscles besides the leg muscles, doesn't it? Exactly. It there are muscles or, in your feet. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and then to add to your point previously about the proper shoes that Naval had asked, uh, I'm guessing for recreational sports, those shoes will vary as well because runners have exactly. particular shoes, soccer players. Exactly. I play tennis particularly. I know they are tennis-specific yes. footwear that I should be wearing. And even mm -hmm. basketball players. So exactly. if an individual, if an individual is listening right. to this podcast and, and participating in recreational sports, sports as their form of exercise, we do want to provide some caution to them to ensure that they are wearing the right footwear. And it only takes a minute to Google it. Right. And yeah. just make sure that you're spending your money yeah. in the right place because boys, them shoes, they don't be cheap. <laughs> <laughs> and I, I, I don't want to knock any brands, but be careful of the brands that we select as well because yes. a lot of in certain brands are the popular brands and the best brands to buy when, in fact, they don't provide enough um orthopedic support so we also want to make sure we're getting the right brands with the right support yes agreed yeah. Great, um also alex i know we just spoke about shoes and i'm sure that's one of the key tips uh, to ensure that we have the proper or the correct technique when exercising um but mm -hmm. what, other what other tips would you, could, you can offer us or get provide us as well as members on um to ensure that they have the correct uh technique when exercising hmm it's, it's, it's a little difficult to explain because, like I said, we're doing audio. But I would encourage people, especially if you don't have a trainer, to go on YouTube. There's tons of tutorial videos that you can see that are free. That And it only takes a second. You can even do it like, say, you um, do a little cardio before you warm up and you go in the gym. Take a second. Go on YouTube. Just go over everything. And you can get some tips to make sure that whatever you may have planned to do that day, you're doing right. For those who are working out in groups, um, talk to your instructor before or after class to make sure that you're addressing, hey, was I doing this right? Did you get a second? Um, I was having a little difficulty when we did this particular exercise. Next time, can you take a look at me to make sure that I'm doing it right? You know, um, the resources are infinite. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you for that, Alex. You're very welcome. <laughs> um, technique. <laughs> I know we've mentioned technique straight through this podcast. You mentioned technique in regards to having the right shoes, um, some key tips to make sure that we have the correct technique when exercising. So this word yes. technique has been thrown all over the podcast. How important is, is technique when exercising, though? Paramount. Absolutely. That, that is absolutely, especially... Well, actually, I can't even say, especially if you're weightlifting, whether it's yoga, whether it's like Donovan plays tennis, all of these things are so important to make sure that you're doing it right because you're you're putting stress on your body. 
And even though it may be good stress, it can quickly become bad stress if you're doing these things wrong. And so the goal for people who are exercising should not just necessarily be to be faster or to be stronger or to get Mm. more points or this, that, the third. It should be how well are you doing it? Your goal Mm. should be to do it well. Mm. So quality over quantity. Absolutely. That's Donovan's favorite word to me. (laughs) Quality over quantity. If if you're not going to be concerned about doing it right, you're doing yourself a disservice. Powerful. Paramount. That's the word for the paramount. Paramount. (laughs) (laughs) That's good stuff. Um, How important is breathing, though, when when performing exercises? I I know that's one of the key um, one of the key tips when uh, performing a, a exercise routine, for yes. example, when I, when I first started weight training and use that as, as an example again, and I did an incline bench press and my breathing rhythm was off. Yes. And before you know it, I could not get 10 reps within a set. But when I got my breathing together, it seems like, you know, I was able to get that full 10, 10, 10 reps and even maybe more. Yeah. And I'm not trying to knock you or anything, Naval, but that's a rookie mistake. but a lot of the times and it's something that I see with a lot of new clients and new people in the gym um when you're when you're exercising you're generally creating tension with your muscles and it's something kind of subconscious when you have tension in your body you kind of hold your breath because you're trying to hold all of that tension even when it comes to stress that's why they tell you to breathe because it helps to release tension Um, when you're exercising, it's very, very important to make sure that you have the proper rhythm because it not just obviously you need to breathe, it can actually aid you in being stronger or being able to do more reps in an exercise. So for example, when you're benching, if you have a bar over you, before you lower the weight, you are supposed to take a deep breath and push all of the air into your core. And then bring the weight down. And as you come up, you can actually aid in that movement by releasing a big whoosh of air. Same thing when you're squatting. Before you go down, take a big breath. Hold all of the tension in your body. And then as you slingshot back up, you're going to want to let it go because it will help you come back up. So I guess for any movement, um, the, the rule of thumb then would be breathe in as you contract the muscle. And then yes. breathe out as you release the muscle. Exactly. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Thank you. And the thing right. is, it you may not always have to like be like on yourself about doing it because a lot of the times it's automatic. But I think it's more important for the listeners to note when you're not breathing at all. Because a lot of these the, the technique is it kind of is automatic in a sense. Once your body catches the rhythm, you'll automatically kind of start breathing how you should. But for people who are just starting, some, like I say, sometimes you will catch yourself not breathing at all. You're just trying to focus on doing whatever you have to do. And then you'll end up getting lightheaded and you feel like you doing too much of this or, you know, it's too strenuous when in reality, you just need to take a second, literally sit back, count to 10 and breathe. Mm. Mm. That's a good tip there, Alex. I really appreciate that. Sure. Um, and it seems like that would also help you to avoid injury as well in the gym, correct? Yes, absolutely. Yeah. And I mean, you don't want to not breathe and pass out. <laughs> exactly. 
<laughs> and on the topic of injury, how long should I rest in between exercises to avoid injury? That is also another tricky one. It depends entirely on your goal. But to keep it simple, if you are trying, if your goal is cardiovascular fitness, you're going to want to take shorter breaks because you want to keep your heart rate up. Um, if you're going for strength, I would recommend a longer break. So just to give like a time example, like a firm number for cardiovascular fitness goals, I'd recommend as little as 30 seconds in between sets. And that's assuming that you're also going to be keeping your reps and weights light enough to allow you to recover sufficiently right. in that amount of time. Now, with heavier, with strength goals, you would be lifting heavier weights or doing heavier exercise in general. The, the rest time is not just to let your heart rate recover, but for those, very, very important that you allow your nervous system to recover from whatever you may have been doing. Everybody always thinks about the muscles. Nobody ever thinks about the nerves and the brain. The no. nerves and the brain are the main reason why you are able to exercise in any particular way that you choose. So it's also very, very important that you take time to allow that to recover. And it may be a little slightly off topic, but this is also why it's very important that you take rest days and that you don't do too much in the gym because it's easy to feel when your muscle may be fatigued, but when it comes to your brain and your nerves, you may not see those signs right away. Those are a lot more difficult to pinpoint. So make sure that you guys, please don't overdo it. Rest is not being lazy, it's resting. Yeah, because growth actually happens more so on the rest day than the active exactly. day, doesn't it? Exactly. It that is exactly it. And Alex, for our SS members, we, we are talking a, a whole lot of information, especially for those who may have never exercised before, maybe interested in embarking on getting into an exercise re regimen. This may be same like a whole lot for them to take on in terms of remember to stretch, remember to rest, remember movement, remember breathing. Do you think that a personal trainer is always necessary? Um, may seem a little blasphemous with me being a personal trainer myself, but I actually don't. Um, but I also think that it is important that you have a good idea of who you are as an individual. So self-motivated people, people who like to research and read, um, I think that they would be fine, you know, taking a minute and doing some reading online and coming up with their own program. But if you know that you aren't the most motivated or that you may not have time to research, you may not have time, like how I was saying, to go on YouTube and look up to make sure that you're doing the right form. Absolutely. I would encourage that you find a certified, reliable trainer to at least get you started. And most trainers, if you're upfront with them and you say, hey, I want to work out with you with the intent of me being able to eventually do this on my own. Um, that's not an issue. You know, because the knowledge to me, the knowledge is out there. So, you know, why not share it? But yeah. I think I, you said the right thing too. You said to find a certified, yes. and I repeat yes. the words, certified personal yes. trainer uh, for accountability, right? Yes. Yeah. yeah. And if, if you research anything, make sure that you research the type of certification that your trainer has so that you can understand what they are certified to do. Yeah. That is also very important. Key point, key point, key point. <laughs> very, I, very I, important. As a nutritionist, I'd like to add that even though you're working with a personal trainer who is certified in personal trainer, that doesn't guarantee that they are certified in, in managing your nutrition. 
Donovan, so I am so, also... so glad that you said that because you are absolutely right. <laughs> Me being a certified personal trainer myself, I can tell you that the majority of personal trainer certifications do not give you scope of practice to make direct recommendations about diet. Yeah. Mm. And I think that's, <laughs> that's where a lot of individuals get kind of trapped because they, they apply for these uh, personal training programs that are, that are associated with weight loss through um, dietetics and nutrition recommendations, when in yeah. fact those recommendations should come from a, a, a different expert, you know, an expert. Absolutely. That is, and there is a reason. Yeah. There's a reason why we have entirely separate certifications for those kinds of things. Yeah. Yeah. I think a lot of people are just looking for that that complete one and all package. So they yes. get a person you know, for fitness advice, they think that, hey, he can give me nutritional advice as well, too. And no, us, no, no, no. Uh, for our listeners <laughs> tuning in, if, if finances are challenging and you can't afford both, um, tune in to our financial wellness podcast that we did earlier this year. That might give you some tips as well in terms of managing both nutrition and fitness when it comes to your wellness journey. There you go. Perfect. Right? <laughs> it's an investment, not an expense. <laughs> exactly. All right. So, Alex, um, how many times per week uh, should our Zest Wellness members incorporate weight training into a fitness routine? Um, once again, I do think that that depends. But a good general rule of thumb is that you should work out as often as you can properly recover. So, um, especially if you're just starting out, I think it's very, very important to listen to your body. And also, if you're getting a trainer, make sure you have a trainer that understands that as well. Because, um, say, for example, you're my client, you come in and you tell me you're horribly sore. I'm going to take a day, like I said earlier, for you to stretch, do a little bit of cardio, you're in and out. I'm not going to tax you. So make sure that you're really listening to your body. If you do a workout and you wake up the next day and you're really sore, it's okay for you to just maybe just go for a walk so that you can get your steps in, nothing too strenuous, and you can get right back at it the next day because this is a marathon and it's not a sprint. Exactly. And for those bodybuilders, we live for that pain in the morning time, don't we? (laughs) (laughs) Yes. But no, there are there are many, many people out there who don't live for the pain. That's fine. You don't have to live for the pain. You have to live to feel well. Yeah, exactly. I like that, Alex. Thank you so much. <laughs> You're welcome. Alex, you mentioned this now, so work out as, as properly as your body recovers, right? Yes. Right. Now, for example, if I'm doing a chest workout, obviously my secondary muscle engagement would be my tricep. That's correct? Yes. Right. So um, I'm doing chest workouts and incline flies, flat bench press and those sorts. Um, my secondary muscle is 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 sore at the end of the workout, this tricep muscle. Now, mm-hmm. so that's two muscle groups that are quote unquote sore. The recovery time for my chest may be, you know, within two days, but I'm still feeling my triceps because I, I I don't work out triceps as much. I, mm-hmm. I I know that a lot of gym gym quote unquote rats usually don't work with triceps as much. They just worry about doing um um dumbbell curls on the biceps. Yeah. Uh, so should I go ahead and train my, my chest again, even though my triceps haven't recovered as yet, knowing that that will be engaged again? Um, I, I think I would, I would rather say, I would rather encourage you in this particular inch in, instance to uh, train a different muscle group. So if you're lifting weights, for example, um, 
you're either going to do what is called a, a body part split, which is like what you described to me, Naval, where you did like chest one day and then you would also get some arms in. Um, right. You m- might want to do back or legs instead. Good rule of thumb for anybody who is weightlifting and isn't sure of how to structure your workouts. For every single chest exercise that you do, you should make sure that you're doing at least two back exercises to accompany it so that mm. you so that you balance out the push and pull muscles. Oh, okay. Yeah. So yeah. Pro- is, that, is that within the week period or is that on the same day? It depends entirely on how you structure your workout program. But what I like to do is um, if I do chest one day, I'll have a day dedicated entirely to back. I'll do legs once, and then I'll do another day with some secondary leg exercises and some secondary back exercises so that I can make sure everything is even. So if you go by that template, that's workouts for four days a week. Okay. That's excellent. That was really great. So, so give us a visual. Give, us, give our listeners a visual on how you would structure a, a workout routine for the week. Yeah, and even don't, don't, you don't have to be vague with just uh, weightlifting exercises. kind of... Give us an understanding of how a week should look for any individual, whether they're active, inactive, um, on the wellness journey, or just starting a wellness journey. Um, okay, so so generally speaking, if you're talking about structuring the workout itself, regardless yeah. of what you do, you kind of want to always go from big muscle groups to small muscle groups. So, for example, um, you're going to want to do like, say you do squats, and then you do lunges, and then you do calf raises it follows that same chain where you're using more muscle down to less muscle. And I think that that can apply pretty mm. evenly to even stuff like yoga. You wouldn't want to do like a really targeted stretch in one particular area if you haven't warmed up your whole body first. Mm. So, so yeah, so on a workout to workout basis, that's what I would recommend. Now on a weekly basis, um, if you are not just strength training, but in general, you, like, you want to make sure that you're hitting a good balance and that you're hitting all of your bases. So say you choose to work out five times a week. You can do strength training three of those days um, and dedicate a day just entirely to cardio and then do another day for yoga so that you're getting a little bit of everything. You're getting cardiovascular fitness. You're making sure that you're stretching so that you recover. And you're also taking the time to build up your strength at the same time. So I think mm. I think that that's a like I say a good way to cover everything. But I would like to just let everybody know that there is no one way to do it right. Do what feels good to you at the end of the day. And, and Unless think, that means sitting on the couch, because sitting on the couch even though that feels good, that's not actually good. Yeah, thank you for that, Alex. <laughs> Whip them into shape. But I think it's also yes. important for them to know too that they should do the exercises that they enjoy most. To ensure yes. that they do it consistently as well. Yes. But don't shy away from the ones that you don't like because sometimes yeah. those turn out to be the ones that you may need the most. Also, that's the ones you, do, you tend to do the best yeah. as well. Yes, yes, yeah. yes. Okay. Well, Alex, we thank you so much for all this information today. Like Rodney yes, says, this is I powerful. Can't, oh my God, I can't believe it. Oh, my God. <laughs> yeah, we've been, we've been off for quite a while now. Yeah. But before, before the listeners turn off and they um, move on with their day, can you give them some information on how they can get in contact with you should they want personal training or even just advice to extend this conversation? Yeah, sure. My, my contacts are always open to anybody. Like I said earlier in the podcast, 
Um, knowledge is everywhere and it's meant to be shared. So if you guys are looking for me, you can find me on Facebook at Bombshell Fitness Bahamas. You can find me on Instagram at Bombshell Fitness 242. Or if you want to shoot me an email, if that's how you prefer, my email address is Alex, P-E-L-A-N-N-E at gmail.com. All right. Alex, thank you so much for the insight. And you've inspired me. I'm going to stick to those five days a week, three days a weightlifting, you got, you one stretching, and one build, cardio. Donovan. What's that? <laughs> I think you got a summer body to build. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Sound like I need to get six days a week then. <laughs> <laughs> no, seriously, Alex, thank you so much for the inspiration. We really You're very welcome. Thank you so much for having me today. And that is the conclusion of this podcast episode with Donovan, Navelle, and our guest, Alex. All about movement, the importance of it, and kind of how to go about it in your physical activity routines. Since you stayed till the end of this podcast episode, you can go to our website, Zest Wellness CGI, and put in the following code under the webinars and podcast tab for 500 bonus points to your Zest Wellness account for this quarter. The code is Paramount. The code for 500 Zest Wellness points for this code for this quarter is Paramount. <laughs>